Hello, everyone, and welcome to Legends of the New Republic. We are a Star Wars book club podcast in quarantine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeehaw. No, this week has been crazy for everyone, uh, not just us, obviously. But literally, we are recording. literally everyone. <laughs> the pandemic if, has been if, declared as we're recording this, so we are on, if you hiding. Live on, if you live on the planet Earth, it's affecting you. And if you don't live on the planet Earth, <laughs> stay away. Stay, <laughs> stay away until you. this is For over. Your own good. <laughs> so uh, we are down, Jason. This week, uh, he got called out to work. Um, we aren't sure if it's related to the virus or if he's just been called out to work, uh, coincidentally. But we will miss him this week. As we dive into chapter eight and further, if we can, from Truce Epicura <laughs> by Kathy Tires, uh, we are a Star Wars book club podcast that review, or not reviews, we read through and discuss uh, Star Wars Legends novels set after Return of the Jedi. We're in our first book, Truce Epicura, and I'm David Pickering, one of your hosts. So I am Chris, legally distinct, distinct from all other Chris's, um, and also still looking for a decent intro. Um, so if anyone has one, please let me know. I'm Kat. I have no decent intro and no need for one. <laughs> Stop I... it. <laughs> Stop attacking my insecurities, Kat. Gosh, dang it. Never. <laughs> I'm Jay, aka SharkRay24, and I for once don't have a witty intro. Yeah, it's been that bad this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Uh, so we are here. I am recording in the wreckage of my office after a week of working from home without cleaning it. Um, and we are diving into Truce at Bakura, Chapter 8, where when we left off, Luke Skywalker was messing with Han's brain and Han was mad. <laughs> Han's always mad, though. Cut to... It's true. And he continues that trend at the beginning of Chapter 8 as they storm into their quarters <laughs> well, okay. on Bakura. Han... And Han is upset for completely different reasons. Han is equal parts mad and equal parts like cocky. Like he is like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this isn't working out. Well, you should have done what I told you. Or this isn't working out. Why isn't this working out? Let's be yeah. real here. Han confuses cocky and angry with horny because to oh. him they all happen in equal measures. It's actually and mostly the at the same time. Because he feels like Leia has told the Bakurans and by that turn the Imperials far too much about the rebels' strength after Endor. He's worried that uh, she spilled a little bit too many beans in telling them that the Alliance wasn't going to be able to send any more reinforcements because they didn't have any to send after Endor. And he's, uh, I, I don't think he has completely wrong about this, yeah, but I think Leia knows her point. stuff. I mean, that's she a is a diplomat. Well, I, I mean, think given the fact that um, Leia only occasionally tells him how to pilot the Falcon, he should only occasionally <laughs> tell her how to do diplomacy. But so, she constantly complains about his flying the Falcon, so I guess he gets to complain constantly about what she says. I Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think that's what we call a healthy relationship. <laughs> um, so while they're at the apartment, they're they're kind of bickering back and forth about whether they can trust any of the Bakurans or some of them, or if they can if this is even worth it. Um, Luke gets a message from Peter Thanos, who wants to meet with him since he is, as we keep having to remember the military commander of the fleet in orbit. Um, so Thanos wants to talk to Luke about tactics. Uh, and then they argue about whether or not Luke could go or whether Luke should take Chewbacca. Luke wants to take C-3PO. And Which Han is, is convinced the dumbest that the decision. 
<laughs> Han is convinced the Imperials will kill him. Leia is Accurate. convinced that Luke will say something <laughs> to put his foot in his mouth. Also and Luke true. just wants to go talk to them with R2. I just want to point out that Luke's first response of seeing the ambassador was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. So yeah, I think that there might be a reasonable doubt that he's going to say something stupid on a first impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's fair. So eventually, I don't think uh, there's the such conversation. A, well, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I don't think there's really such a thing as a Skywalker making a good first impression. This is where I would disagree. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Where is Cool Luke from the opening of Jabba's Palace? Cool like, Luke had months to prepare those lines. Sure, yeah, he literally cool wrote Luke, a script. Cool Luke <laughs> existed for he three glorious minutes before he then immediately got <laughs> dropped through the floor that everyone should have known had a it's, giant thing under it. That is Luke Skywalker. He can project because, cool if you don't hang around him too long for him to, to put his foot in his to, mouth or trip over himself. He has to practice it in the mirror for like a, a month or two at least. <laughs> I can just see Luke Skywalker leaving there. All right, Jabba. This is the last war. No, dang it. Okay. I this is like your last warning. Note. I would like <laughs> to note, you say that no Skywalker can make a good first impression, which reinforces Leia's denial of her Skywalker heritage. Yeah, because she... That's fair. In That's her fair. intro to the two Neanderthals... <laughs> <laughs> um, immediately takes control of the situation and is like, "Aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper?" Like, she goes she from prisoner goes to in command of the mission in about four <laughs> seconds. She's like, "I, you're saving me, but you should really rethink your life." She's like, "You're you're rescuing me, me, but I have pointers for improvement." <laughs> are you sure you're saving me, or are you just getting yourself into trouble? Could you submit this questionnaire for later? <laughs> we have to put this under review. Um, Speaking of Leia's I, denial of her Skywalker nature, Luke happens to bring it up during uh, their conversation, during the, the general bickering going on in the apartment. And uh, he, sa he says he senses that Leia's disquiet is, you know, she, that she's upset about something. And he, he just basically asks, like, are you still thinking about Darth Vader? And she gets really upset about that. Demonstrating like, Don't that even with me right now. Do Don't not even bring understand up Vader. any sense of subtlety. Okay, this, yes, is, exactly. this is two points that both confirm what you're saying and also deny what... Um, Ray was saying earlier about the weird, like, Skywalkers can't make a good impression thing. Anakin Skywalker had a terrible pickup line that somehow landed him one of the most eligible bachelorettes in the universe. That can so, like, because think about that. Think just, about that. Just because she fell for one dorky line does not make that line any better. No, oh no, it, was... it doesn't. And that's part of the point. He had a great first impression game, regardless of whether or not his opening line was garbage. No. He had no subtlety, which I is part of why he's still this, a Skywalker. I saw someone joking about that, and they were basically like replaying the scene. And Anakin basically comes in and he's like, oh, Padme, you're so beautiful. And Obi-Wan's like, dial it down, Anakin. And Anakin's like sweating. And he's like, uh, Padme, it looks like you have a great credit score. <laughs> have you... I mean... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, he made a terrible first impression. 
That's why Padme liked him. Because it was clear that he wasn't capable of manipulating somebody to like him if he comes in with such a crap line. See, no, he was just playing three-dimensional chess. He was like, no, I'm going to throw in that, like, I'm just a, like, I'm a poor slave child. Here's my terrible pickup line. And she'll be like, oh, no, I feel bad for you. And he'd be like, like Anakin and that's Skywalker plays chess the way that Kurt Russell plays chess in The Thing. Just opens up the machine and dumps whiskey in so it breaks. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I was though. going to say that playing chess with Anakin Skywalker would be akin to playing chess with a pigeon. <laughs> playing chess with whiskey, though, sounds like a great time. Why not both? <laughs> chess. Only the second funnest chess I've Every ever Every time you lose a piece, you have to take a shot. <laughs> By the Everybody end, all the pieces are just flying around the board. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so speaking of Anakin, Leia is not willing to accept that Vader was Anakin. Essentially, she is is coming back at Luke with basically saying, why are you so willing to accept this last minute act of heroism as some kind of blanket redemption for decades of being a space Nazi? Uh, and then Luke takes Leia's hand, which results in Han then grabbing both of their hands. And then Chewie grabs Ultimate everyone's threesome. hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And Chewie oh, then no. declares that everyone in the room is his honor family, which is apparently the closest family unit that a Wookiee can have, which makes me wonder what Chewie thinks of his actual biological child and wife. That makes me, <laughs> that just kind of makes me wonder, like, this feels like way too much of a Zuko moment for Chewbacca. <laughs> My honor family. We're, he's just we're forgetting, to though, he's characterized as a Victorian gentleman. That is fair. So, is so fair. can... Can I can I chime in really quickly about something? Mm-hmm. Um, so, in in some of the past episodes, I I apparently have been behind on everyone else with understanding some things and just and I thought I just wasn't hearing them. But I talked to David and the two of us discovered that a lot of the early Star Wars audiobooks are abridged, which <gasps> is why. So I, gasp. So I no. felt it, I felt it was important to make a note of that <laughs> just so that um you know everyone knows what's going on with that because turns yeah, out there's a I'm moment not that's not in the audiobook uh bring it up it'll be interesting to see what they cut what yeah. they didn't think was important. I'm assuming that Chewie's little pep talk is not in the book. I audio no no idea. See, here I was thinking that I should jump to the audiobook version, and now I'm like, dang it. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Apparently they cut out chunks of the book. But they have enough of the book to keep going with. Um, so it, Chewie's little pep talk gets everybody to kind of make up to the point that they can operate as a unit again. Uh, and Luke heads off to meet with Thanos at the Imperial Garrison. Um, and they have like a couple of hours long conversation, according to the book, going over recordings of the battle. And both basically asking each other questions to which the other one says, I can't tell you that it's classified. (laughs) It's literally a, can I have access to that? No, why not? Because we have more classified than you. (laughs) Oh yeah, our security is better. Yeah. It's two two kids on the playground going, uh, going, I have a gun. Well, I have a bazooka. Well, I have a force field. You can't have a force field. That's against the rules. The only thing they actually agree on and speak openly about is how many of the enemy ships there are. (laughs) 
So like we all see how big that guy is, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> we gotta well, get bigger end, than him. This super weird moment where Thanos basically says, "Hey, will you turn your lightsaber on?" And Luke's like, uh, "No." And he's like, "Well, what if you are to and have these guys shoot you?" And Luke's and like, Luke's "Okay." Like, and blocks the blaster bolts. And then he's like, uh, I fell for your trick and leaves. And it's like, <laughs> he just tried to shoot you. <laughs> well, well, it's not even, I fell for your trick. He's like, it's such are a power you, move. It's such are like, you me right now. He's just yeah. like, bureaucrats. <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah, he's literally like, he, that's like, his reaction to someone trying to shoot him just to prove that he can deflect blaster bolts is, ugh, politics. <laughs> But the politician being like, hey, you are technically my ally, and therefore I should maybe not threaten your stuff or your life or make you do things you're uncomfortable with. Here, I'm going to do all three. (laughs) Well, importantly, there is no official truce yet. That's what they're they're banking on getting. That's what they're desperate to get is just an actual truce with the Empire. At Bakura? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Keep going. Just just wait a little bit. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Don't spoil anything. (laughs) <laughs> As he leaves Thanos' office, uh, Luke realizes that he hasn't thought about the, quote, striking Bakuran senator in over an hour. <laughs> oh no, what do he do? I mean, but we've been there before. We've all been there. It's like, he's been busy. We know he's been in the office for two hours. So Wait, he, so he, he thought about, about Ariel mid-meeting? <laughs> yeah, every time he was like, no, that's classified, he was like, yeah, and I classify her as hot. <laughs> <laughs> so we he, also get an he, awkward mental reminder from Luke that he fell in love with his sister in the heat of danger on the Death Star. It's my sort of goodness. like, okay, uh, Luke, he, you, you got to stop bringing that up, man. That needs to be dead. <laughs> he, that needs to be he, dead, man. He went from being almost Archduke Ferdinanded <laughs> and went straight into Rasputin mode. Oof. <laughs> 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 <With, laughs> Uh, and in the process of thinking about falling in love with Leia, Luke thinks, man, I wish Gary Old needed to be rescued. <laughs> I mean, Luke, though, that's relatable. Mortal danger. <laughs> that's relatable, and meanwhile, though. Back, back in Peter's office, Thanos is like, I, I don't understand this at all. He literally thinks that the, quote, combat capabilities of deflecting blaster fire with a lightsaber would be, quote, somewhat limited. But then he says, oh, but it's kind of impressive looking. And it's sort of like, under what situation is being able to stop gunfire limited? Um, well, against the Mandalorians, obviously, because they switched from blasters to just regular guns. And they were like, ha, deflect this. Yeah. He, it just passed through your lightsaber. And guess what? He's now it's molten it. metal. Kat, you are my favorite person on the podcast right now. And I mean, I've known David for years and I hang out at his house and I would trade you for him. In a, <laughs> in a heartbeat, David. You hear that? You've been replaced. It's uh, okay, David Senpai. I still love you. <laughs> but no, to speak to the practicalities I feel like I need Tom Hanks to come and tell me that no one's being replaced. God, I don't think Tom but Hanks can because he's, he's being replaced. <laughs> Oh, poor Tom Hanks. No, lightsabers. We're back to the business. Tom, if you're listening, stay strong. <laughs> I'm sure that Tom Hanks is like, you yeah, know I'm what sure I that need? Tom Hanks is listening to this voice. He's like, I need to listen to a good expanded universe podcast right now as I convalesce in hey, Australia. We're all, we're all getting bored out of our minds in this quarantine. 
It's extreme. It well, it's not extremely likely. It's still more likely than any other time in human history that Tom <laughs> Hanks would be listening to this. Podcast. Well, a simple solution is is when is when this episode airs, we just tweet him it and are like, "Hey, we no, gave no, no. you a shout out. Hope you're feeling I just better." The New Republic. No. There is no time in human history that a Tom Hanks is more likely to be listening to us. That's fair. It probably helps that we now have a podcast that probably does make it more likely as well. Yes, it does. Uh, Okay, no, 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 no. I wanted to speak to this. The lightsaber thing, he has a point because you can only really defend himself. He can't defend like a small unit or anything else, and especially with ricochets and other things like that. Functionally, he is a very limited um, force. Like even if he can defend himself from lightsaber, from um, blaster bolts, Almost indefinitely, he can't protect anyone else but himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, that's fair. The Clone Wars does show that the one of the tactics the Jedi would use a lot in in the Clone Wars is a small group of clones would cluster behind a Jedi who would then deflect the blasters being fired at all of them, while the clones just took the droids out, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, Luke is probably not at that level, considering what we know of Luke and his training so far. Let's be real; Luke will never be at that level. Amen. <laughs> I don't know. I've read the end of Legends. Luke does some pretty crazy things so because the I. still the okay, need to give him power. <laughs> if, if someone is wielding a lightsaber and they are a Jedi at, like, their peak, they wouldn't need to, you know, get up close and personal with a lightsaber. If they wanted to, they could bring down an entire Star Destroyer on the enemy army is just a wave of their hand Luke and I think oh geez jay you're really going to enjoy jedi academy <laughs> i'm no I'm, I'm not talking about luke obviously i'm talking about like you know what like the most powerful jedi back when they were at the pro at their prime you like know? i, I mean, said there's a, there's a sith story where a sith causes a star to blow up with this mind <laughs> there's there were some pretty ridiculous things that people did with the Force. But that seems legit, though. I mean, for <laughs> real. One thing to consider, though, uh, is that we've already been introduced to species that have abnormal reactions to the Force in comparison to other living mm-hmm. creatures. So with that in mind, up against those particular opponents, Jedi go back to being incredibly limited players. Um, furthermore, that's okay. Uh, lightsabers, as noted um, throughout the movies and the uh, Clone Wars series, weren't meant for attacks so much as they were limited defense, because ultimately the Jedi are supposed to be peacekeepers, not soldiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And added to that, it kind of explains it that Thanos has never seen a Jedi before. And doesn't know what they're like. He even ruminates on this later in the same scene where he's sort of like, I'd heard stories about the Jedi, but I'd never seen them before. So really, you know, if some guy walked in and and demonstrated that he could deflect bullets with a sword, you'd be like, okay, that's cool and impressive. But like, put him on a battlefield. Right. Right. How helpful is he going to be? So it kind of makes sense. Well, and also, if you can. Go ahead. Oh, and also touching on what what Kat said about. How the, how the Jedi specifically use a lightsaber for limited defense, that also explains why we only really ever see the more unconventional lightsaber types 
from Sith or not so morally, uh, more morally ambiguous Jedi, like, you know, Darth Maul's double saber or Kylo Ren's one with the, the, the guard. Okay, yeah. but Kylo Ren's um, guard is because of a fractured kyber crystal. So it can actually vent the additional energy because it's not properly uh, functioning. I would oh. like. To Although point... now they've gone back and canonized that the cross guard saber was a thing before that. Well, yeah. yeah. I would cool. like, like to point <laughs> out that nothing in current, like in new canon Star Wars, is like reasonable until they have rewritten as to why three years later. It's true. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's been true of Star Wars since day one. They spent oh, sure. like 10 years and, trying to make Phantom Menace make any sense well, in the context honestly, of anything else. <laughs> it's my favorite part about Star Wars is because we have so much wonderful justifications for things that didn't make sense yeah. that now there's actually these layers of complexity that bring a lot of <laughs> to these things. So I really love that about the show. And I mean, realistically, the books are the same thing. They're really just crack fiction that George Lucas <laughs> said okay to. Hey, 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 guys, guys, guys. Metaglorians. <laughs> Medi- <Yeah. laughs> they don't exist. Actually, you know what? We're never going to get to this because it's way before our, our beginning point, but... The only book I have ever seen that makes the midichlorian seem like a concept that could have worked, the only one that I've ever seen that like mixes it into Star Wars well, Darth Plagueis by James Lucino. Track it down because that, it actually makes the, like it, it integrates midichlorians into Star Wars in a way that you're like, oh, I can see how this could have worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, <laughs> but that's does it funny. confirm that um, the Sith created Anakin because that's very important it to me personally. It kind of does in that book, honestly. It's not yeah. Anymore, but <laughs> they do. Sp- in fact, I, I mean, this is like not really spoilers for it because it's just they summon up um, and they summon up, but they, they spend a good portion of the middle part of the book or like the later part of the book. Uh, it's mentioned that they, they do this ritual. So so Sidious and Plagueis, his master, do this like ritual to try and force the dark side into prominence, to put up that like fog of the dark side that they... Yeah, you mentioned uh, that uh, in, I think, <clears throat> episode three? Yeah, so they do that. And then later, when the book catches up to, because there's like a brief point where the book is like a parallax novel with Phantom Menace, but we're seeing it all from Palpatine's and Plagueis' point of view. Because mm-hmm. um, Plagueis is still alive until the end of episode one. Uh, in Legends canon. Uh, He's just in the background. So the two of them are just running around. It's really funny. They're running around like startled chickens, just like, did we screw up? Oh, this kid, is this the result of our our ritual? Is this the force hitting back? Are we screwed? And then the Jedi are like, we're not going to train him. And they're all like, oh. (laughs) All right, pour the wine. (laughs) Guys, we're good. Everything's fine. It'll be like us in four weeks after the coronavirus is gone. We're like, oh, (laughs) we made it. Another thing to consider. (laughs) That could age very badly. I know. You should probably edit that out. You should put that in the bloopers for next episode where it's like, LOL, did Chris be stupid? No, he's fine. (laughs) Uh, Another thing to consider um, about Peter Thanis' take on lightsaber capabilities and such is um, going back to something Jay said in an earlier episode, people don't really know much, if anything, about Jedi. 
the weapon of the Jedi is one of the most distinguishing marks of a Jedi. So, of course, he's going to ask about that. But Mm -hmm. how many people, including Thanos, who was a child during the Jedi Purge, he notes, um, would actually think to ask about a Force demonstration? Well, this is the thing. This it's is, true. This is what's so weird about this is that, like, from a military tactician standpoint, like, would the Empire train any of its soldiers in reference to ancient, like, older battles that Jedi fought in and were therefore a tactical factor that they had to consider? Because the Absolutely Jedi are not. gone now. Yeah, like, they don't <laughs> exist. It makes sense. They'd be like, yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. That's yeah, why I mean, the that's why uh, rebels they, they... introduced the inquisitors. Exactly. Yeah, they were like, you know what? Nope, we're gonna have this special cadre of people who are trained in the force and very secretive, and you know, kill all witnesses kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like it, if you see them, you die. That's it. <laughs> it's just very interesting because basically, from a historical standpoint, that means like there is no one studying um, the Clone Wars at this time. Like, well. Yeah, because the Empire doesn't want anyone to do so, not only because of the concerns about uh, knowledge of the Jedi and their weaknesses, which are applicable to Sith as well, Mm -hmm. um, but also because... The Separatists were the good guys. Yeah, yeah, you have the Separatists, (laughs) you have the fact that, you know, there was a very real Sith presence that was known about during that time, and the question would then become, well, where did that Sith go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, because I mean, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, what I remember reading about is that they basically pin it all on Dooku, and say he was the Sith Lord leading the, because, you know, they paint, obviously the Separatists aren't really the good guys in the sense that both sides are led by a Sith, but <laughs> both sides are led First by all, the same Sith. Same Sith. <laughs> I, I disagree. But they just I pin everything on Dooku. I think the Separatists are the only good guys because they're the only people that are actually trying to do something decent. Like, sure, they're being manipulated and led around by the nose, but they're at least trying to be like, yeah, we don't want to be part of this evil, corrupt system that's going to, I don't know, build a thing that blows up planets. But they also they built have the or they designed the thing that blows up planets and commit multiple war crimes. In yeah, like... and also I think the the bigger argument for that is if you look at who the separatists are, like the main council and why they're leaving, it's a bunch of like corporate types and and bureaucratic people who are basically saying the republic is is not allowing me to it, to take advantage of these opportunities. For it would be like enough. It would be like if Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates uh, <laughs> I really want Bill Gates to, to lead a revolution now. Decided to hold New York City hostage until... It would be called Gatesgate. <laughs> until it was... Um, uh, until they agreed to exclusively buy from Amazon and from microsoft yeah because like, like, one of the main reasons Naboo. the trade federation joined in was that the republic finally said no you can't have a literal monopoly on all trade between the outer rim and the the inner part of the republic exactly. and they were like all right nope time for a revolution time <laughs> like, to rebel this is this is the part where i agree and disagree because yes clearly those people are the like the powerhouses behind it 
But if you look at some of the actual like people who are on the on the front lines bleeding and dying for the cause, oh, you find I, people I don't you find disagree. people like Grievous, who is basically like the most oppressed person that you can find in Star Wars, and that he's like, Yeah, I was just a guy who was trying to like protect his planet and then the Jedi stepped on me so hard that literally we can't buy food. Yeah, uh, well, and I mean, I don't disagree that there are plenty of separatists uh, shown throughout the Star Wars series who are decent people, but the same is mm -hmm. true of the Republic. You see plenty of people that are decent people, which reflects the reality of war in that regardless of who's right or wrong, there are going to be good and innocent people on either side who end up getting screwed. Um mm -hmm. I believe Mash said it best. Um, Mash war said is hell. many things the best. No, war is war and hell is hell. And of the two, war is a lot worse because <laughs> there are no innocent people in hell. <laughs> That's, I. you know, I remember that quote. That's pretty good. Mash was great. <laughs> Mash is beautiful. Mash is great. Um, one of the things that I remember reading in some of the books that were coming out at the time uh, that I really wish they'd, they had all seized on developing. Because, um, you know, I, I do love the Clone Wars as a section in, in you know, Star Wars history and the fiction around it. And, I, you know, I love the Clone Wars show. But I always wish there had been a little bit more focus on the moral complexity of Separatist versus Republic. And I know that's mostly because we see it from the Jedi's point of view. Um, but there was, a, there was a book, and I can't remember what it was. Somebody should correct me if they find it or, you know, comment on the podcast or tweet me. Um, where it focuses on Dooku's actual, like, opinions. And instead of um, mm -hmm. just playing with the angle that we mostly get nowadays, which is Dooku is manipulating the Separatists because he is a Sith, they play on Dooku was manipulated into becoming a Sith because Dooku wanted to fight the injustice of the Republic. Yeah. And so it creates this very, like, interesting narrative where Dooku is a true believer. He's not just manipulating the Separatists. Right. He just misunderstands the plan. And that, that plot line has kind of been discarded to make way for Dooku is in on the plan because they want him to be more of a big bad. Right. Which is fine. That's one take you can well, take. It's a fair take. Well, I mean, but I was... did like the idea that Dooku was actually someone who was trying to do the wrong thing for the right reasons and see where that led him. Right. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's clear. It's pretty clear that he's not in on the plan, or at least not in on the full plan, considering <laughs> that, you know the emperor was most yes. likely planning to off him throughout the entire thing because oh, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. And he was probably planning it from day one. Getting back to uh, the book that we're currently reading, <laughs> Leia <laughs> stone tired here, uh, accepts an invite to dinner from Gariel's father, the prime minister, uh, minister uh, Captison, uh, because he's like, Oh yeah, come have food with us. And she's like, Damn it, I need to be a professional. <laughs> yeah, and she accepts on behalf of Han and Luke, and she thinks uh, Chewbacca's not invited, but we'll see pretty much at the beginning of this chapter, Han disagreed strongly about whether <laughs> Chewbacca was invited to dinner. Han is correct. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, no, Han's so right. I mean, first of all, the only gentleman in the room is Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, Chewbacca... And Leia are the two people who actually have manners in the I group. So <laughs> I need the book where Chewbacca and Leia team up and are now the diplomatic duo. 
<laughs> yes. I need that book to exist. Ambassador Chewbacca. Meantime, we get the buddy cop movie with Luke and Han uh, going on an adventure with no supervision. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Han and Chewbacca are, are both coming to dinner, which is not what Leia was planning. <laughs> we don't find that out until next chapter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the main thrust of this is that Leia is is very fixated, as she should be as their diplomat, on securing an actual official truce between Empire and Rebellion for the duration of the Siru V attack. And she wants it to go longer because obviously she's trying to convince the Bakurans to abandon the Empire and join uh, the Rebellion. Which, but... frankly, I mean, even given the fact that Neris is um, our... Uh... <laughs> daddy dom big bad uh no and like him doing the i'm gonna make you shoot the thing with my i'm gonna make you block this with your lightsaber was also just like i just need to dominate this situation right now okay but that wasn't nearest that was that was thanos so like there is there are competing tops in this (laughs) (laughs) there is a top and then there is a sub top um we should also note that thanos does reflect on having a good side at one point where he says basically uh, he was overseeing talls, which are these fuzzy things that kind of look like wampas um, as they were mining. And he, he increased their food rations purely out of a sense of they'll work better with more food, but Big they mood. saved his life when he almost fell into a mining pit because they found out them. that he was the one who approved additional rations for them. So they took yeah, that as a them. sign. Yeah. He didn't tell them, but, they found out who it was so they felt indebted to him and and saved him when he almost fell down a mine shaft man they should have let him die <laughs> well and that's why he's on bakura though because mm-hmm. the, then the the new administrator came in and said no you need to reduce their rations and so when he did that they came and asked him you know they petitioned and protested and and he tried to to argue for them and be like look no the figures are here they work better with more food and then they, the new guy is basically like nope just burn the village and frankly no. it's it's a great demonstration of um crony capitalism like <laughs> yeah. reduce I mean, it's not, the food it's, even i if... think intended oh but... yeah um well and this draws back to the fact that when luke probes him uh using the force um luke notes that there's an underlying sense of decency within this particular Imperial commander, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why Luke is okay with working with him still. Yeah. And I mean, the whole section is, I think supposed to input a sense of, uh, there might still be good in him in Thanos, in addition to, um, showing him. I mean, obviously it's not fully developed because he's doing a good thing for a bad reason, but then he does a good thing in defending the Tal's village for mm. no benefit to him. In fact, he knows it's going to get him killed or busted. He says if Vader had been in command, he would have been killed. But he couldn't stand by and let the Tal's village be burned. So instead, he gets busted down to captain on this backwater planet. And he's like, okay, well, that's what happened. And he this longingly is... considers the fact that Luke still technically has a bounty on his head. And boy, yes. howdy. He also, again, going into the... um, This is mildly like there are some sexual undertones here he's like ah he has a presence i enjoy his presence (laughs) he's good looking Hmm. i can see why the bounty is so high 
It's just he like, does, why? I mean, but honestly, sort of, I would be thinking that every day if I were Luke's friend. I would just look at it and be like, hmm, <laughs> but that bounty, though. Han Solo to himself. Hmm. Wife? <laughs> children? I Luke Han Skywalker's Solo... shenanigans? I could have avoided all of this and the paperwork by simply turning them in. <laughs> I think Han Solo looks at Luke and then looks in the mirror and is like, if I turned us both in. <laughs> but leave it to Han Solo to turn himself in for his own bounty. Oh, yeah. I somehow think he's going to get away with that. In oh. fact, I can't even say with any certainty he's not done that at any point in Legends canon. <laughs> I'm sure that he has. If he hasn't, oh, he, he really definitely has. <laughs> I'm under quarantine. I might start writing crackfic, which is, you know, just you as go. canon as Legends is anyhow. So <laughs> True. I just need to finish up the uh drawing of um Darth Jar Jar and <laughs> company. There was a brief moment where I was really afraid you were gonna say Governor Narius. <laughs> That would have been very dark. Don't give me ideas, my dude. I'm taking... <laughs> David, you fool. She's in quarantine. You don't know what she could do. I, I just had this mental image come into my head of the scene where Luke uh, goes in to meet Han Solo for the first time in that bar. But mm. like, you know, so he goes into a bar right and yep. we just see two guys who are obviously tops just look at him and then they look at each other and they're like get a load of that bounty <laughs> look at Yeehaw. that bounty <laughs> hashtag well he didn't have box. a bounty until he blew up the death star <laughs> no no but I'm in quarantine my dudes then... you realize I could draw Admiral Thanis oh, no. gently caressing no, Luke's please face. Stop. Please stop. We're going to no. have to flip the explicit please. switch on the podcast Cat. if you draw that. No, Cat. we don't. If she Cat. draws it, we don't have to do anything. Cat. As long as she doesn't show it to us. Cat, yeah? you, I only give you permission to draw it if you make Luke Twink Skywalker as Twinky as possible. <laughs> I guarantee you that already exists. I have not looked for it, but I know it does. I'm just picturing like the really glittery eyeliner, like just like very, very sparkly Luke. Oh, I mean, no, do you Luke know? Already, so. No, do you know the um, like commercial that Mark Hamill did way back when where he wore like a gold sparkly jumpsuit? I don't know this commercial. I did not know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and he's it's like singing a song in a different language, and it's um. I haven't. Oh, was it a Japanese commercial? Because I I believe that. Yeah. No, it's not Japanese. I I think it was German, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like German. (laughs) That also makes sense. I have to find this. It's great. (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, I know that it says that Luke was wearing white robes for this, his white jumpsuit, because for whatever reason, he decided to forego the Chanel boots. Uh, his mom would be so disappointed in him. Um, but I can't help but imagine this entire scene with Thanos and and returning to um, uh, the fleet and such. 
and working on uh, the ships because he does also go back to the fleet uh, during this he chapter does. and such. Um, I cannot help but imagine it in like the gold jumpsuit, <laughs> which, by the way, has a very, very deep V-neck. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I, I, I still think Mark Hamill hasn't managed to live down the white guy liner from the holiday special. <laughs> Oof, buddy. I remember him bringing it up at some point the last time that got brought up on his timeline. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, there's there's one more point I would like to make that is not really yeah, connected we're, we're to the chapter. Yeah, we're go for it. Like, it's more back, back to the um, Separatist thing because, like, part of my interpretation of the Separatists as a movement is that the mm-hmm. reason they have groundswell at all is because the, the Republic has been under the Sith corruption and influence for so long that it mm-hmm. has stopped being good to such a degree that it's hurting enough people that they're like, yeah, maybe we're being run by the guys who own the banks, but at least they like hired us. Like at least we're getting paid. Like <laughs> at least fair. the economy isn't crumbling. Right. You guys, and- you guys are getting paid. <laughs> See, that was the battle droid. <laughs> that, that was the battle droid. The battle droid's like Roger, Roger. You guys are getting paid. Roger, Roger, Roger. Roger. <laughs> no, see, Roger is the only battle droid that gets paid. Somewhere there's no battle droid at all. No, but consider like the Roger. clones talking with the droids as they're fighting. Wait, you guys get paid, paid for this? Roger, Roger. <laughs> what? How? <laughs> Unions. <laughs> the droid healthcare bill is what way better than the clones. What did you think the, the techno union was? Yeah, they literally mentioned the techno union. It's, it's actually Wait. run by droids. I thought that was just a bunch of DJs that got together. <laughs> and again, again, I am reminded of Oscar Isaac, who in a recent recent uh, interview was like, there droid, there's droid discrimination. R2-D2 has saved more lives than anyone else in this entire franchise, and he never gets a medal. That's true. He's that made true. of metal. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a little bit like getting like given a leather like a leather pouch as a gift? Like, here, you saved our universe. Here's a little leather badge. <laughs> Made out of human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're not going to move on to Chapter 9 this week without Jason. So we're going to call it here. Thank you for listening to the insanity that is Legends of the New Republic. I'm David. I really appreciate you listening. Have a great night. I'm Chris. I don't really care if you listen, but stay safe out there. I'm Kat. I don't care if you listen, but I do care if you watch. Uh, Good luck with both. (laughs) Uh, You can find me on Twitter at SeagullSoup. Don't look for me anywhere else. I'm SharkRay24. You can find me pretty much anywhere under that account name. And uh, on behalf of myself and the rest of my co-hosts, we're sorry. <laughs> In a lot I of am ways. not sorry. <laughs> In a lot of ways, we're sorry. <laughs> Luke, <Twink>. no regrets. <laughs> I still think Luke Twink Skywalker is one of the best phrases to ever have come from my mouth. Uh, it's it's the best worst thing I've heard all day. <laughs>